It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I went back and I've got the receipts on all of these guys' preseason predictions. We're going to listen back to him on today's show. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Today we compete with Quasi on how many pop culture references we can name on the show. Guys, I got the over-under set at five and a half, so let's get jiggy with it. I'm Luke Braun, locked on Vikings, and I'm excited to find the time horizon. Reef Hassan, Pro Football Network. We're using pop culture references from the 2000s? Is that what's happening now? I'm ready for the millennium. That's so 3,008. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to party like it's 1999 on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. What's up, everybody? The Minnesota Football Party returns with the full four-man crew, plus Ron Johnson later. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. On Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, give me a follow. The two Lukes are with us, Braun and Inman, and Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network, at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. On today's show, I've got preseason prediction receipts. We're going to dive into that, see how wrong we all were. Uh... Final press conference yesterday, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Is Ed Donatel officially toast? I think he might be. And we'll also predict Kirk and JJ's potential extensions this offseason. Before we talk about all of that, and we've got Ron Johnson coming later as well, as mentioned, uh, find us in a myriad of ways. Locked on Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. We're on YouTube. Subscribe there. Help us get to 5,000 subscribers. Locked on Sports Minnesota. It's free to subscribe. You get all our videos. And on audio, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. I know you've got your favorite app. Go check us out on whatever that might be. Uh, gentlemen, I'm, I'm really excited to get to the preseason bit. It's one of my favorite things all year because we've all forgotten what we said. Um, we have no clue what we predicted, how wrong we were, how overly optimistic we were. This is going to be a good bit. Um, but I think we first need to talk about yesterday's presser. The big finale at TCO Performance Center, KOC and Quasi took the podium and put the season to bed. Arif Hassan, well, let's start with you, a pro football network. Major takeaways from the final presser of the year. Yeah, I mean, the commitment to Kirk Cousins was not strong, but it was significantly stronger than the commitment to Ed Donatel. Um, the... <laughs> I expect Kirk Cousins to be here next year felt weirdly soft, but again, stronger than the way Quazy characterized the Kirk Cousins contract situation last year in the offseason when uh, Kirk Cousins had not yet been extended. And I believe there was a genuine question about whether or not the Vikings would choose to trade him, extend him long term or extend him short term. Uh, they ended up extending him medium term, some kind of weird 
middle of all worlds, which in this case turned out to be the correct move. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I think this um, this commitment to Kirk Cousins was kind of interesting because I would have expected kind of a stronger statement, but I'm not that concerned about it. The Ed Donatel thing is definitely the most interesting thing. You know, the, hey, I'm going to talk about it with everybody tomorrow sort of stuff. I'm going to evaluate all phases. I'm going to talk to the coaching staff like, geez, like I like the thing is, you can't let Donatel know he's fired through a press conference with reporters. So I get it. Uh, but man, that felt rough. That would be cool. Have you ever... I mean, you, you can't, but can you? That would be pretty. All right. If well, you've ever been when, like. Uh, there was a secretary of state that found out he got fired via Twitter, right? I didn't know that, that but I love it. I love yeah, it. but it was just. What are politics? Like, I've never heard wild. of this. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been like really deep in like a TV series or or like a series of movies and they've got to kill off like a big character and then that character starts like telling all the other characters how much they mean to them and starts talking <laughs> about like all the things that they wish they had done in life or like starts talking about how they're uh, they're going to retire from all this, like go open up a sleepy bed and breakfast in Nebraska. And it's like, oh, yacht. that character's going to die. This I is where Ed Donatel's named the yeah. got princess. I'm going to retire in five <laughs> yeah. days. So if, yeah. so if this crap, Jimmy, if Ron Johnson comes on and starts writing all his wrongs and makes up with Luke Braun, like maybe that's a sign. Like, yeah, uh, right. Then it's like, wait, somebody about to get written off the show. Oh, no. We'll see what happens next episode, I guess. Find out next <laughs> week. <laughs> My if favorite I, if was I start being nice to Luke Braun. I mean, then write some letters. Man. Then I'm yeah. going to get scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, you planning? Then, Ron, you'd be, then Ron knows something about your fate, Braun. Like that's yeah, him right. trying to let you down. What, what is a replanning? <laughs> I think my favorite was after the the game, like the immediate post game presser after the Giants game. Um, somebody asked about Donatel, and Kevin O'Connell's answer was, "We love how hard he tried. He tried as hard as he could. Bless <laughs> his heart, poor like, Ed. Goodness That's gracious! Some, somebody asked him about Donatel. I don't know who that would. He been. he came here to the building and he worked. I saw him work. Yeah, he worked. Yeah, real it, hard. it was it was kind of like he worked hard. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. But yeah. It wasn't like, hey, there's stuff in the works. We know that there's a lot of potential. He's unlocking the defense next year. It's going to be a lot better. There's no, you know, under the surface. There's just kind of a lot of things that he did really well that you know go unnoticed. It was just he works hard. Like, when oh, when they talk about you in the same way they talked about Kellen Mond, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of when they were. It was a, it was definitely, it was a comp you salt. It was a compliment. It was an insult disguised as a compliment, um, a condescending pat on the head. Ed Donatel is on a major hot seat right now, guys. And I think that they're probably waiting to see like how the deck lands with available coordinators, maybe, and coming up with a list, a succession plan, perhaps. But I'd be surprised if we get on this show even on Monday or next Thursday at the latest, and he's still employed. Yeah. Oh, they got they got to make this decision quickly. Honestly, like right, because because there's a lot of DCs potentially floating around, and they're going to get snapped up sooner rather than later. I think what the, the Browns are looking for one. Obviously, all the new head coaches are going to be looking for one. Right, I think there's one or two new uh, defensive coordinator jobs outside of the new head coaches. So yeah, yeah. To that point, like I think whenever your season ends, it's it's probably easy to start the knee jerk reactions, make moves based on the emotions, and I think. They just want to take a second, let the dust settle. Maybe, like you said, Sam, maybe just for the weekend here, regroup, reflect, figure out the best path forward, what that l- looks like. And I think if 
to a Reeves point, if they were deeper in the playoffs, that would be a lot more challenging because coaches, front office personnel, they're already getting scooped. They get scooped up so quick at this point in the year. The Titans just hired someone from the Niners front office. The Cardinals, I think, made some changes a week or so ago. So you can't wait too long, but I think it's still early enough to where they do have a, this little window here, an opportunity to sit down, reflect, take the emotion out of it, though, this fresh feeling of, you know, damn, season's over. And make sure you take that out of it, I guess, and make the best decision possible for the grand scheme, the big picture. So just off his remarks, though, yesterday, didn't sound like there would be a resolution until they evaluate the entire team and coaching staff top to bottom. How long that takes, though, I know they've already started that process. Maybe it does just take the weekend. It it was definitely worth noting. He didn't say, yes, he's coming back, but obviously didn't close the door on a possible change there either. This is kind of interesting. We were talking about Brandon Staley potentially being the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. Right. If he gets fired, he stays. He fires his offensive coordinator. Brandon Staley reaches out to the Vikings. Yes. And wants Wes Phillips. (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) And Wes turned him down. Yeah. Wes could have been a play caller, and he's like, good. (laughs) Hey, watch. Hey, Keenan McCardell. You know what Wes knows? Picked up the phone and talked to Keenan McCardell. That worries. Wes knows that his dad's coming to be the DC. That's what Wes knows. Oh, I saw that in the replies. I I don't think that's likely, but that would rule. <laughs> that would be it's awesome. Good... It, it's always a, a nice sign when when other teams are asking about asking around about your coaches about it, lateral hires too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it it tells you what people think of you. You know. No, yeah. but seriously, are we worried about Keenan McCardell getting sniped? Patriots offensive coordinator. Position? I, I think the Patriots are casting a wide okay. net. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, that's a worry. I wouldn't want to lose a card mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a sign that you're probably going to lose him sooner rather than later. That's and true. it was already a sign that the Viking the, of the few staff holdovers from the previous regime, he was one of them. hundred percent. Got a lot the, of respect. One of the only right. ones on the yeah. actual coaching side. Yeah. Maybe the only one. Yeah. Was there any other one? I, I, I wanted to, to, Just coach. I don't actually know if there was another one, but yeah, I mean, I it, it says so. a lot about the respect that he's going around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, there are even people who are like, he was the key to that Jacksonville offense. Now that we know that Nate Hackett's been exposed as a fraud. Mm. And it's like, well, he wasn't calling plays. It, relax. Right. <laughs> the Has he ever had like schematic, a schematic role here? Because I always thought he was just like a position. I'm, I'm sure developing that, his, that his role in, in offensive game planning has increased over time. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's like one of those, like, I mean, they talked about it at the beginning of the season about how like, unimportant titles are which i mean you'll get a lot of that especially when like a new corporate culture is being developed and i use that phrase because that's exactly kind of what the vikings feel like sometimes like a startup culture um oh but yeah. like yeah and so they'll talk about like oh you know the titles are not that important if you've got an idea just contribute it's about what you can provide not what your name is or what your title is um but i mean this this happens a lot like the reason for example that gerard mayo is getting so much or was getting so much play before he turned everybody down as a potential head coach, despite being a linebackers coach, is because his role grew to the point where he was doing more game planning mm. than the somewhat nominal defensive. There is no nominal defense coordinator, but the guy that everyone tapped as the defensive coordinator, Steve Belichick. So he was doing more defensive coordinating throughout the week uh, than uh, than Steve Belichick. Just wasn't doing the play calling. Belichick was uh, and uh, turned down a co-defensive coordinator job with the New England Patriots because he knew that if he took that job, he could be blocked from taking on an actual defensive coordinator job somewhere else. So he stayed the position coach so he could keep his possibilities open for 
being a defensive coordinator somewhere or a head coach somewhere. So, but still has that game install kind of on his yes. resume so now, he, as far yeah. as building and those. So, installs I'm not saying that that's like what uh, Keenan McCardell's role is, but I'm saying mm-hmm. that this kind of responsibility expansion is somewhat normal. Um, I I don't know specifically with regards to McCardell, but the fact that he's got as much respect as he does, the fact that the Patriots have reached out um, to to see if he wants to be an offensive coordinator means a lot, especially because Bill Belichick. Like he's so particular about his coaches. Like mm-hmm. he's so particular that he brought in Matt Patricia and Joe judge to be co-offensive coordinators. Cause he didn't want to teach a new coach wow. how to coach under him. Right. So he wanted people mm-hmm. who were very That's familiar why. with the system, wh- which is the reason that Gerard Mayo is the only position coach in the history of the Patriots organization to not have been a quality control coach uh, or, or had been a coach somewhere else before. Um, so like, it is so important to Belichick to have that. So the fact that he reached out to Keenan McCardell, I think speaks volumes about his respect yeah. for McCardell's attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's big time. Um, let's get back into the champagne problems and, uh, the Kirk Cousins potential extension a, a little phrase, bit later in the show. I, I can't wait any longer. I want to get back to the preseason predictions. Uh, I'm going to expose all of you for the frauds that you are. But first, Great. tell you about betonline.net, the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends. Every pro and amateur league, NFL lines this weekend Chiefs by nine, Eagles by seven and a half, Bills by five and a half, Niners by three and a half. You can get the spreads, the money lines, the totals, all of that for all the leagues at betonline.net. Check it out on your computer, your mobile device, whatever you have access to. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Nine categories, gentlemen. We made nine predictions before the season. Uh, I'm going to read off the category. I'm going to give you the correct answer, and then we'll see what we all said. I've got a couple select audio pieces that I'll play as well. Oh, no. Oh no! Game winning drives. I, I kept them mostly for the game. Win- oh no! Wow! Oh, not- no! Boy, did you tee us up on this one, huh? Just a softball. <laughs> no way did any of us get this one. Arif, you said two. You assumed Kurt Cousins. I think you had the most. Aggression. Uh, Sam and Braun each said three. Three game-winning drives, which hey, that's about Kirk Cousins' like max for his yeah, career. That's, that's like yeah. an entirely normal number of game-winning drives in a season. <laughs> it's it's not bad, right? Like there yeah. are years where the the leader in game-winning drives had five. Yeah, yeah. right. Luke Inman, Mister Optimist, you said four. You get the point. You're the winner. Congratulations! Wow, I should. I saw it coming, guys. What can I say? It's pretty Kirk obvious. Cousins All the signs set. were there. The NFL record, or I guess tie the NFL record for game-winning drive. I should have anticipated that. <laughs> We're bad at this. Yeah, where's my, my prop bet ticket from Vegas, from Caesars? Oh, I didn't lay we, that one down? We were horrible at that one, but hey, we have redemption with the next category. Dalvin Cook rushing yards. The correct answer ended up being 1173. All right, 1173. Sam Ekstrom said 1102. Nice. Ooh. Luke Inman said 1108. <laughs> you price is right, right at him. Sam. Luke Braun <laughs> said 1148. Dang. Very yeah. impressive, Luke Braun. You waiting. would get the okay. point had Arif Hassan not come in with this. So for me, my prediction ended up being I'm going to be even more specific than Luke. 
1,169.8 yards. So from... Are you joking me with Stop it. Get out. Back into the future. (laughs) The robot. Twilight Zone. It's an alien. We all got within 100 yards. Like, nobody decided to be a contrarian. Right. And and it was the one that we were all, like, pretty right about. That is freaky. wild. Holy crap. What was the... 1172, is that what you said? You were... 1173 is correct. You were 3.2 yards away. Three wow. wow. I got within 3.2 so like one carry. yards, but I got I got within six in, in game-winning drives. <laughs> <laughs> Closer in rush yards than game-winning drives. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That's freaky, man. Wait, hey, what's the S&P 500 doing tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of out of it. That's another crazy <laughs> reference from yesterday. Um, Justin Jefferson receiving yards. Arif Hassan. I think I was down relative to everyone. You went 16-16. You went the lowest of anybody. Yeah, I was I was about to say, I think I'm down because everyone was real high on this one. Luke Inman, you're modest, 1688. Not bad. It's a good total. Still good. At least it's 200 more than something very worrisome, that's for sure. Braun, you were the optimist. You were the 2,000-yard man. You said 2,010 yards. Dang. Oh, man. JJ you said- were on... Pace. We were on it. I I oh. was. Oh, we were tracking it. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Jefferson said he was getting two thousand, and I mm. thought somebody needed to represent his own opinion. You believed him, and had hey, had he played a full game against the Bears, who knows? But the winner he of this right category was I'm going to add one catch per game from last year, which might be modest, but I think one twenty five as your total is still a pretty good total. It's At 15 bad. yards per reception, I'm going 18.75. Woo! Look That's at the winning that. number. And you got within three on the receptions too. Yeah, not too shabby. We've all we've all got a feather in our cap here. Um, Look at that. A point for Ekstrom. All right, Adam Thielen touchdowns. Ugh, this oh was boy. a lot of homer, a lot of homerism here. Oh boy, we, we were super optimistic. Um, Luke, you thought 12. Oh, by the way, the answer is six. Answer is six. Luke, you had 12. Inman, Sam, 11. Arif, 10. The only one of us who had maybe a more realistic view was Luke Braun, who leaned on the Vegas line and said seven. Seven. Wow. Count it. He gets the point. Man, I, I'm glad I didn't see that uh, before the C. I would have smashed that over. Seven, huh, in Vegas? That's crazy. I did smash that Good over. Good call. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> and I lost on it. Yeah. <laughs> Rough. I thought he'd be a red zone guy. Me too. Yeah. I mean, he, Me he's too. consistently been a 10 touchdown producer, regardless of yards. Did all of his touchdowns come on the same play design? It's felt like it, didn't it? Copy paste. That's that uh, bunch play action smash thing. Well, he had a leak touchdown, didn't he? In the way that Jefferson's had a couple. He, Maybe I'm did wrong. He? Wow. Thielen just always like sifted through the secondary kind of like he in the red zone. Ang- yeah. And yeah, I like got yeah. the goal line. Oh yep. yes. He would he get had, those like, a wide two open yard yep. touchdown reception. Kind of like the Irv Smith touchdown versus the Giants. Just kind of. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zadarius Daniel combined sacks. Correct answer. 20 and a half. 20 and a half. 
Okay. Uh, Luke Inman, you started this one. You had a lot of optimism. You said 28 and a half. You thought it was going to be 14 and 14 and a half, the two totals. The pressure was um, there. Yeah. Yeah. No, there. you're right. Yeah. Your job. Converted pressure to sack. Arif said 23. I said 22 and a half. Ah. Braun, another point for you, my friend. 20 was wow. your answer. Wow. Half a point away. Dang. Nailed it. As he fist pumps. Braun takes the lead. He's got two points. We got four to go. And then Ron Johnson. Next category, Greg Joseph. Final two minutes of the game field goal rate. Um, I wanted you to predict what out of what. So Luke Inman, you kicked it off, and we ridiculed you. You said five of seven. And Arif and Braun came in and said he won't have that many opportunities. Well, he ended up going five of five. Um, last two minutes of fourth quarter, last two minutes of overtime. Luke Inman yeah, takes I it. Did not anticipate this many one-score games. <laughs> All what the signs were there, we? guys. Certainly, 14 one-score games in 2021. Yeah, they can't do yeah, that yeah. again. They can't do that again. So my only it, it, points... They did not exactly do that. My only two points is Kirk Cousins' game-winning drives and Greg Joseph two-minute and under field goals. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Arif said two of three, which is kind of close to the percentage, but not close to the attempts. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I said four of six, and Braun said one of three. Uh, So Luke Inman gets the point. One of three. Have you no faith? (laughs) In Vikings, think he was going to be cut by week eight? (laughs) I think because they were like hyping him up so much over the preseason. Yeah. And I was like, this kid. You were just zagging because they were sitting. You're like, nah, nope. Nah. This of death, man. Kicker optimism. I've seen this story before. Yeah. (laughs) I had some more audio pieces, and for some reason they didn't load in. So I'm sorry about that. Um, Now, this one was kind of sad, kind of morbid. I wanted you to guess the number of season ending injuries that this team would suffer. And we agreed that it was some kind of a gray area sometimes on whether it was a starter because it was starters, season-ending injuries to starters. I think it ended up being one. I think it was Earth? one. No, because Irv came back. Brian O'Neill. Oh, okay. Oh, so oh, yeah, okay. I, we probably had this discussion when it happened, but like the same injury occurring six weeks later would be a season-ending injury uh, for some instances, but not other instances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Brian O'Neill's season on a partially torn Achilles probably ends no matter when. Yeah, it probably ends no matter what. It's just like Irv, in most circumstances, that would have been a season-ending injury. Right. Um, so, yeah, because I guess Andrew Booth, not a starter, right? Not, Lewis a, starter. not a starter. Yeah, Lucene, definitely not a starter, right? So that's yeah. it. It was one. And with that being the case, nobody got it on the nose. We have to split the points here. We have a three-way tie. Luke Inman optimistically said zero. He shares in the points. Sam and Braun said two. They each get a third of a point. Arif, on your shutout, you said three. I said three? Yeah. There's always next year. <laughs> I went zero. I didn't want the bad juju. I didn't want that Speaking bad of mojo. regression. Okay. Yeah, right. Here's another one where we split. In-season acquisitions who played 100-plus snaps. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson, but there's another. Oh, wow. Duke. There is another. Was not Duke. He was not in season. Oh, was he was preseason. 
Tyrus Tonga? Tonga. Wow. 100 snaps? That's not that much, yeah. Wow. He was starting by the end of it. He he knocked out Jonathan Bullard. Wow. Tonga. Killer. Nobody said two. Nobody said but two. But Inman and I said one. So we each get half a point. Arif and Braun said none. Oh, okay. I was like, no way did I say three. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> Lesson learned. I'm yeah. surprised no, I didn't say zero, just hearing it back. I that that's that's pretty shocking. In season well, because like I, why would I say zero if I said three in-season injuries? Wow, I'm less consistent than I need to be. That's, <laughs> that's so true. You were yeah. hedging. You were hedging, <laughs> and you ended up getting no points out of it. Um, <laughs> exactly how hedging always ends up playing out. Finally, win-loss record. Luke Braun, oh you thought oh. the Kirk Cousins 500 mojo was too strong. You went 8-8-1 eight, eight and one with a tie against the Bears. <laughs> God, I did that. <laughs> which 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 game tied versus the Bears. Bears was the tie? Week, the last week one. And that they the go in game. eight and eight, a and then we'd be like, "Well, at least we'll know winning or losing record." Yeah. And then we would also be Hilarious. denied that. Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no regrets. Mm-mm. I will apologize for nothing. <laughs> Arif, you also liked the tie. Ten six and one was your prediction. Luke that's Inman, pretty optimistic. I think considering how I talk about this team, uh, I agree. <laughs> Inman went 10 and 7. I would have won the division. Inman hey, so had mine, double digits. Mine was better than Inman. Yeah. It was by mm-hmm. half a game. Mm-hmm. Look at that. The winner. Optimist over here. The winner because he was trying to spite somebody who was ripping him on Twitter. Well, guess what, Jack Viking? 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Get it. Love it. We're doing this. That's it. So. This is my new favorite bit. <laughs> final scores oh god two and Did i get one point points you had a third of a point and half of a point you tied with me i got two and five six arif you got one yeah braun you got two and a third inman congratulations man look at we that share the spoils it's not a big deal uh, I got my new premium picks coming out. Just sign up for that package. That's $39.95. picks in. Call anytime. The lock of the century. <laughs> of the week. Parlays, overs, under spreads. We've got it all. <laughs> uh, we wait for Ron Johnson on Saying the that program. Was... Yeah, thank you. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today, available on on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, How about a nerdy stat of the day while we wait for Ron? Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. Uh, and we have Ron popping in right now. Maybe we'll hold that until we, uh, we bring up Ron Johnson on the Minnesota football party. He's the host of the Ron Johnson show. He's on Twitter at three Ron Johnson. It's Sam. It's Inman. It's Hassan, Braun and Ron. Ron, what's up, my man? What's going on? How you guys doing? All right, Ron. Quasi and KOC yesterday, they were asked about the, the Justin Jefferson possible extension negotiations. They said they've started talking with his representation. Do you have any thought for the ballpark of, of what this deal is going to look like? Keeping in mind that the leading 
contract for wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, $30 million a year. What number do you think Jefferson's going to get? Oh, man, that's tough. It depends on how long he wants to be a Viking and how long they want him. Uh, a lot of guys, I think if you can guarantee it and spread it out, because now you can do fully guaranteed contracts, um, I think we have a chance to see that. I know right now it's been quarterbacks, but uh, you look at Justin Jefferson, he hasn't shown any sign of possibly getting injured. Uh, he's been very durable, taking big hits, still willing to get back in the game. So this might be one of those situations where instead of asking for $30 million a year, you take 20 but you spread it out. And you spread it out over whatever you think his longevity could be, 8, 10 years. And you say, hey, we're going to guarantee you whatever that might be. If it's $200 million, if it's $150 million, if it's $170 million guaranteed, but let's spread it out so that we can still get other pieces of this pie uh, into this organization. And uh, I think we have a chance to see it. Like this might be the first fully guaranteed receiver contract uh, in the NFL. And so, again, I, I don't know what Justin wants. You don't know what the Vikings are willing to pay. Uh, but, yeah, I don't. I, $30 million seems a lot, like a lot, when you think about how cap-strapped they are. So I'd be interested to see if they can spread it out but still guarantee it. So, hey, you're not going to get it now, but it's yours. You know, that even would if you be get hurt, it's yours. Unbelievably generous, I think, on Jefferson's part to 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 sign a deal like that, just because I think I think there's a point of pride, right, Ron? When you think you're the best in the league, yeah. you want to set the market for your peers. You want to set that new number so that the next guy, so when Jamar Chase, his buddy comes along the next year, Jamar Chase can say, Well, Jefferson got 32. I want 33. Right. I, is, it, is there kind of an unspoken bond between you and your receiver peers that that's kind of the way you're going to operate when you negotiate these things do you think no it's everybody like when you think about guys that get franchised uh that's always what they look at who who are the top five paid guys that are going to help me get you know if, them, if i'm getting franchised uh who are those top guys at this moment uh because sometimes getting franchised can hurt you and sometimes it's like you know what look at Kirk cousins he got 44 million dollars within the span of two years so it's not a bad deal um, but then you look at other guys that get franchised and their top five peers aren't making that much. So they get screwed in their mind, even though it's like, you know, $18 million, but oh yeah, you got screwed two years, 18 million. Um, but when, when you think about that and you say that like the, the yearly amount at the end of the day, they could say, Hey, Justin, we'll give you four years, $32 million a year. And then, you know, is he going to be a value to get more? Like, can he continue to ask for that money when he's in his 30s? And I think that's going to be the question, too, is like, do you want generational wealth or do you maybe? And, and again, if you get $100 million anyway in, in four years, you, you got it. But that's the other key. Like, what, what, what's, the, what's the benefit and the bonus? Like, because his agent can say, hey, Justin, like this, this long-term deal is better because you're going to get more guaranteed money. And there's no guarantee that in 10 years – you're going to garner $20 million in the NFL, but they've already paid you for it. So it doesn't matter what you look like in eight to 10 years. And so that's the other side of this, you know, like receivers, like other than Jerry Rice, receivers aren't like quarterbacks. You're not playing until you're 38. Um, so you have to think about that as well. Like what is a 34, 35 year old receiver getting right now in today's NFL? It's not $20 million. And I think that's, that's the other side of it is like, it, it's going to hurt both of them. It's going to hurt the Vikings later. It may be hurt Justin a little early, but then at the end, he's getting his guaranteed money yep. that when we're saying, hey, you're going to get $20 million. So just an idea, just a thought. 
it's not going to happen because I don't, don't think, think anybody's going to do that. But I don't think it's happening. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea. And if it happens, then just play this video back and be like, man, Ron saw it. Oh, 100%. Ron, Ron had the Ron had. You the got the receipts. Yeah. But no, I mean, if he, if he does get $31 million a year, and that's what he asked for over like six years or something like that, $180 million, uh, you know, where it's it's uh, whatever, sign-in bonuses, or maybe no sign-in bonus, and it's just a yearly guarantee like Deshaun Watson, um, then yeah, then then maybe that's another way to go about it. Or if it's incentive-laden and it's $30 million with incentives of MVP, of, you know, receiving crown and all that stuff, there's, there's other options there too. And then what you got? Yeah, Ron, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, come out of left field, because I was watching, actually, 2015 Hard Knocks Houston Texans clips last night. And it got me thinking, as a former player in the league, when the week goes by, all right, normal Monday through Friday timeline, what's a specific practice day look like for an NFL player? Like, do you start out in the full team meeting right when you walk in the door? Do you go to the positional group meeting? If I'm JJ, do I go and talk with Keenan McCardell first and then go to the team meeting? When does the install portion happen during the week? And, um, you know, what's something maybe just the public may not know or find noteworthy or interesting about the daily or weekly routine of an NFL player? Well, let's talk about the playoff players now so we can kind of talk about our the Vikings last week to put it into perspective. Um, everybody's different now because back in the day, we didn't have iPads. We had literal DVDs. So we would get our DVDs on either like Monday morning or Tuesday, depending on when you went over there. Uh, you got your DVD. Now, some players didn't show up to Wednesday, so they get it on Wednesday. So literally, we had to wait to get our DVD to install for the week. So that was whatever day you decided to get it. That was your day to start watching some of the film, some of the stuff uh, is now it's all iPad. They can throw it out in the cloud. Players have it on their iPad. So then they can easily start to get some of the, 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 the film for that week of the team they're playing. Plus uh, some of the install plays of like, Hey, here's, here's video of eight to 10 plays. We really want to hit on this week. Just watch them, understand your concepts. Um, I think for the thought process or process process around that is uh, you start Wednesday, like install truly starts Wednesday for everybody quarterbacks and some of the high level guys, it starts early in the week because they have to kind of really be in it. But honestly, Wednesday is when it starts. And yeah, it starts with the team meeting and then you break into your uh, offense defense meeting and then you break down to your position meetings. But again, you can flip flop it. You can say team meeting first because you always kind of start with the team. Then you break out into individual meetings Mm -hmm. and then you might say, okay, after individuals, we're going to come back as an offense after you guys have met to kind of talk about your install purpose. But usually three meetings, then you got your positional, your side of the ball, your phase, and then the full team. Yep. And then you also have special teams first because special teams always has to go at 8 a.m. or 730 a.m. because, you know, it's it's the hardworking blue collar group that does all the, the dirty work that nobody wants to do. Uh, so they're first, like special teams is first. Uh, that way guys like Ray Lewis can just chill in the locker room or show up a little late because team meeting is not till like 830. Uh, but yeah, special teams is in there at 730, 8 o'clock. And then you have team and then you have whether it's offense or it's just we're going to go straight to positions because the offense, you know, guys have already said, hey, we don't need to meet. You guys have all the stuff you need to tell your guys. Um, but yeah, no, it, it starts starts there. You set the tone in the team meeting, special teams meeting, and then you break out. How about the Monday or Tuesday? You hear a lot of coaches say, ah, we'll see you Tuesday or Wednesday, and everybody goes nuts and cheers. If not, Monday, what are you doing? You show up and you're just no, Monday, a little bit? No, Monday is literally 
uh rehab only so rehab and lifting so you have a lift and some guys do their own lift and veterans have their own trainers and all that stuff you have your own masseuse or whatever you do on monday so as long as you get it done coaches don't care they're not going to force you to do it if you don't have that person they want you to be there to, to lift and, and and it's also team building because you're lifting with your guys right. you're getting your lift in you're getting a little jog in maybe some cardio uh, you might do a little walkthrough or breakdown if you want of like stuff that you went over. Tuesday is literally day off. But again, if you're hurt, rehab, if you want to get a workout in, get in the sauna, get food. I mean, again, now they have a chef, like especially the Vikings. You have a chef now. You have a cafeteria. Like I'm not going to to the local fast food joint when I got a chef upstairs making me a nice Caesar salad with the fresh chicken off the grill. Like, yeah, no. So it's a Why lot would I not now. be here? Right? Exactly. Like you're going to have pot. I mean, they'll send emails out. Hey, pasta tonight. Whoever wants to show up and eat dinner. Hey, why are you going to go pay noodles or somebody when you can get free pasta upstairs from a chef? So, yeah, I think I think a lot of players take advantage of that now. But, yeah, Tuesday would be kind of another day off. But, hey, if I'm if I'm single, oh, I'm going to have somebody cook for me. Love it. Love it. Really? Yeah. No, that's great stuff. Thanks, Ron. Ron, what you got? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about after the Giants game, like the immediate moments after um, Alexander Madison, who was, he was like kneeling at the 50 yard line. He spent a bunch of extra time. He was really just taking it in mm-hmm. as a pending free agent. And I mean, he's so close with, with Dalvin Cook. And I just think about those two guys who, you know, they've, they've played together for so long here now. And they're such close friends. And now they're probably going to have to go their separate ways. Um, and I was wondering if you had any if you could reminisce a little bit who are the guys that you played with whether it was college or or in the pros that you got real tight with um well this is what i'll say life goes on and so do we i forgot what show that was um but sometimes da, 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 life goes on and so do we <laughs> family i don't know what that was Good i forgot what, that's going on Good yeah times. yeah <laughs> So when you think about Adrian Peterson and, and Jet McKinnon, for instance, I mean, it happens all the time. Guys split up from their guys. You think about Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. This is the name of the game. So honestly, yeah. to Alexander Madison, I think a little bit of his, I mean, the dude walks around with like a, 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 a what is that thing, a GoPro or something. So a lot of times, man, some of these players put on for the gram because they want to like make a video and do a reel later of like, you know, the boys to men playing in the background with him walking <laughs> off the field. So don't be, don't be surprised, Luke, if you see a video pop up of Alexander Madison of a whole season breakdown, it ends with him taking it all in on the field with like a montage of, of Jodeci and, and boys to men. Uh, it's so hard to <laughs> say goodbye <laughs> to <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I mean, come on now. Like, you know something's coming. But, um, <laughs> oh, man. I'd say guys that I was close <laughs> with uh, that I'm still friends with, like Terry Jones, tight end from Alabama, was drafted with me. Uh, Javen Hunter, uh, whose son now, Jay Nivey. Uh, plays for the Detroit Pistons. Javen and I still talk, but Terry Jones was actually in my wedding. He was a groomsman in our wedding. I was a groomsman in his wedding. So he and I got really close. Uh, Chester Taylor, another guy I played with, came to the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Uh, not as close, but I know, you know, I have his number. And whenever he's in town, you know, I go up and check him out. And, and, and guys like that, like that, like I said, I told Sam that I have so many pictures on my phone of like the season that I haven't like posted yet. I got to figure out how to maybe put it in some kind of reel or something. Uh, but like Chester was up here this season. So he and I got to, to reconnect a little bit. Um, I'd say those are kind of the guys that I am most like 
you know, close with from that. But then there's guys that I didn't play with who've come on the show, but we were just friends through the draft process. When you look at Roy Williams and I, you know, uh, every time, you know, we go somewhere, all-star game, Super Bowl, whatever, we're hanging out. Um, you know, he's always willing to jump on the show for me. Aiken and Dale out of Purdue, uh, Tank Williams, who came on the show, he and I trained together. So honestly, it was it was a few guys with the Ravens, but it was more about guys that I uh, played with and like Spice Adams, guys that I played with in, in high school and college and worked out with them. Uh, those guys have actually become closer. The NFL, I hate to say it, um, you, you, you're going to have your one or two and then it's kind of surface after that, like it's surface friendships, uh, that you stay connected to guys. But then again, like I said, there's always those clicks of guys that kind of were close, but a lot of guys move away, don't live in the same States anymore. And so it's just, it's tough. It is tough, but no, I would say like me and Terry, we FaceTime myself and spice. We FaceTime, like we try to get that in and make sure we FaceTime and talk. Uh, so I I'd say that those are the guys. Man, uh, don't know how I'm going to follow that. Uh, the, <laughs> the the question is actually kind of related to this Alexander Madison thing. It was about the fact that some of these guys have played the last football of their career, not just uh, with a particular team, and they're going to have to figure out a life after football. Mm-hmm. You've done spectacularly for yourself, you know, male model, media mogul, <laughs> singer. Right, well, there's, there's a lot going that. on for you. That's, that's I, I'm not... doing a, I'm actually doing a, a, a audition today for a hand model. Like, hand model? How do you? Dang. You don't yeah. have any on your hands. It's all. Well, I can't say who. It's a, it's a football player that must have a commercial coming out. Okay. Uh, pro football player. He is in the Hall of Fame. I can't say who it is, um, but he has a commercial coming out. So they reached out, and he's black, clearly, because they. <laughs> Right. Out to, could you imagine like a Joe Montana commercial just like my hands pushing the ball like across an the street? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, got about, a manicure today then to get ready well, for that? It, 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 I can only imagine though, like a, a white person being mad, like why couldn't I be in that commercial? Like, sir, it's it's <laughs> he, sure. black. The pigmentation, it, like like the like the Elvis low. thing, like the Elvis that they were Elvis talking about. But he's white. <laughs> he's white. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, I just so, wanted to. I just wanted to ask, like, uh, how prepared a lot of football players are for life after football, or like the the focus that you just have in order to be a professional football player. Ninety really percent of the players, I would say, are not focused on after football. Um, I will say the NFLPA and the NFL is doing a better job now of getting guys like uh, interviews and, and going and being interns in the off season and, and going. And my dad, I'd say, I, I, I got to give credit to my dad because, uh, after winning a Super Bowl he went and became a realtor. So he went from Super Bowl champion, his second Super Bowl, back-to-back Super Bowl winners, and then first-round draft pick, you know, number one, no, 22 overall, so he was the Justin Jefferson of the Steelers, um, and then went and got his uh, realtor's license. And so he would always tell me those stories, like, hey, like, never think enough is enough. And so for me, it helped me to kind of mentally uh, just always kind of have irons in the fire, always talk to people. Like, I was told by a lot of uh, – media people like man you were always great at giving us time with interviews and you would always even with the ravens i remember sitting down with sage still and that's what sage and i are friends now because i would give her a ton of time after games uh mic'd up uh, i was not a star on the team but they would mic me up because i guess i do like to talk um so they yeah. thought it'd be good content of just random like super random conversations like i would have i used to have the most random conversations uh, so it worked out for me. I mean, I remember having the, I mean, the Browns game, I was mic'd up and thank God I scored pump block. I think by like Bart Scott, 
we were on the sideline talking about wet pants. Like I, I saw, I saw that clip one day, and I'm like, "What the heck was I talking about?" Like, those <laughs> and are the we, best conversations. And this is this though. is the crazy thing. People at we, home are we talking about going. wet pants so much yeah. that day because we talked about being a kid, and you guys might remember this. Like when you would slide and you're playing outside and it's wet, and then you got to decide, like, am I going to stay outside all day with cold, wet pants, or am I going to go in the house and change? And we were having a conversation during the game about wet pants, and then this is funny. After the pump block, we end up doing the wet pants dance. Like it's the dance. <laughs> Where, like, you just got to go. I don't know how to find a clip, but go. If you can find the Cleveland Browns versus Ravens game, like 2020 or 2024, well, 2004, 2003, pump block by Bar Scott. We, I score the dance I did. We called it the wet pants because it's like you have to keep your legs straight because you don't want your pants to touch your legs. Right. So, yeah, it was, and, and you can see other guys around me doing it who knew, who like knew the story about the wet pants. Super dumb. And then we come off the sideline. Everybody's like, "Oh man, you did the wet pants." I'm like, I look back on that like it's so cringy. It's like, what were we doing talking about wet pants? That but yeah, no. but players that rules. I don't care <laughs> that rules. But players, when you think about the, it was a terrible dance too. But players, you know, it, it might actually be cool now though, because now that I look at the dance, it's literally I might have to do this because uh, what's the guy Bob the Schmurder dance, Bobby Schmurder? It's yeah. that dance. It's like mm. the legs are straight. Oh man, Schmurder took my dance. Like Bobby Schmurder <laughs> stole my dance. He's doing the wet pants and calls it the Schmurder now. But that was what we did. Like it was the straight leg, like old school. But anyway, so when you talk about players being prepared, this is what I look at. I look at guys like Alexander Madison, who who is working on his YouTube channel, doing things like that, you know, getting Instagram reels out there, being a person of the people. Uh, look at Cam Bynum, a guy that's constantly in the camera talking about it's a movie. Uh, talking about he wants to be a movie actor. Like, guys like that, I think, will be fine. Because then there's guys like Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. Those guys aren't going to – like, Adam Thielen is already preparing. Him and C.J. Ham have gyms now and Harrison Smith. Yeah. Like, you know, those guys are working towards, like, hey, when I'm done, I want to be a, a fitness owner, like, of a gym. I want to continue this. Um, but then you look at guys like Kirk Cousins, he won't need to do it. I mean, he has $100-plus million. Like, there are guys that don't need to do it. Um, but guys like Tom Brady still has, you know, $200 million and going to get 300 when he walks away. So some guys are prepared, but I'd say 90% are literally like they're going to play there two, three years like I did, and they don't know. Um, I was blessed by Tony Dungy. Like I was able to go play wow. in Canada, play in the Arena League, and Tony Dungy reached out to me, called my dad. Hey, do you want to come coach? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I went and coached for Tony Dungy. Like who's going to say no to that? Peyton Manning's the quarterback. Reggie Wayne's the receiver. Sure, I'll be there for two years. So I went to coach for him. And then from there, the Big Ten Network, I was, you know, in Chicago and in Indiana and, and Big Ten Network reached out to me. And so, again, just blessed. They were like, hey, come audition, audition. They gave me a season. I color commentated and then it parlayed it into this with Fox and game one or not game one. Whoa. Uh, Fox and uh, game one has nothing to do with TV, uh, but Fox and locked on. And yeah, so it, it's parlayed from there. But it was me going through the trials and tribulations of. Uh, what a young player who only made, and, and again, I know people are like, what? That's a lot of money. But only, you know, only made like two and a half million dollars in a short span and then turn around and have to go figure out what I want to do with my life. Like, yes, I didn't have to work for a little bit, but I knew I had to work. Like two, yeah. three million dollars does not last you for, that's why every time I see like people on these like reality shows and they win like $500,000 or a million dollars and they think like, oh, I'm about to take care of my whole family. How? Like that's a house. Like, bro, you getting half of that, and then you're going to get you a $400,000 house and then you'll still take care of your family? Come on now. Stop it. Stop it right now. Like, you're you're crazy. So I, I always look at that. Like, I, I tell my wife that. I'm like, if we hit this million-dollar lottery, 
like that's doing nothing but going in our savings. Like we are not <laughs> yeah. doing anything. It, it, crazy. Is, it is so easy for people to to spend through money really quickly, especially if they get it. Really yeah. Quickly. Oh yeah. It's just yeah. difficult to. I'm cheap though, to... so it works out for me. I get it. It's going in my savings account. <laughs> now, like, I mean, you're investing in, in pedicures so that you can improve your hand model. <laughs> yeah. It's an investment and it's a write-off. It yeah, is right a write-off. Write That's why I said I gotta go get a I gotta go get a manicure today. Like yeah. you know, people joke about that. It is the best experience that we need to do a group locked on Let's go. manicure day. I mean, yes. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like my the hand model card, stuff. And, and if I get the role, if I don't get the role though, I'll still tell you guys who the who the person is. Um maybe I'll tell you off camera anyway, but no, it was uh super random. They're like, Hey, can you send us you know videos of your hands? Cause we want your audition for this commercial for this guy. Uh, he's gonna be the main person. I feel like but... you gotta you gotta know and trust who that is because that that would freak me out if I didn't know who that was. I know who it is, and so now I'm like I'm like okay, I get what they're thinking. Like I, yeah, like, right, I see yeah. where they're going with this. But, it, yeah. but you just get a text like, hey, I need some videos of your hands. It's like <laughs> not today, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, before we go, Ron, I want to share this. Do you see the screen? Oh wow! There it is. Look at that. I look a little Dance. fast right there. The wet pants. Whoa, whoa. You need to see the dance. Say, hey, what are you doing? I don't think it showed it. I think it cut to the next highlight. Yeah, the 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 dance was only on the mic'd up part for the Ravens. So I got to figure out if they can send it to me. I look kind of fast there, though. Man. Yeah. yeah I think that was it. It was either Ed Reed or Bart Scott. I'm not sure who. Well, uh, Ron, what was it. your 40? We're going to have to compare it to Sam's 40. He just had to run it was like one. Four or five. Four or five. One. Oh, that's pretty close to your Sam. What was it? Seven and a half? Yeah, I sub mean, seven, less than uh, yeah, no, yeah, than, uh, oh, six nine five. Hey, hey, Sam, that was the Bengals, wasn't it? That wasn't the Browns. That Bengals was the Bengals. Game. Yeah, it was yeah. Bengals. Yeah, because we won that game twenty-seven. Because I got the ball. It's behind. Oh, me. nice. Oh, nice. 20, That's 27, awesome. Twenty-seven, twenty-three, cool. December first, two thousand and three. Yeah, block. Pump, I love that they have now. the old NFL primetime though. That's uh, that's cool that we get to see that. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Ron Johnson show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Roundtables Friday. Ron, we'll see you on the roundtable in the morning. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. We're going to talk about Adam Thielen and his wife's mm. tweet. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. Talk about that. That's, uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Got to break that down. Closet that's Packers good Adam Thielen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will say before I get out of here, Luke Braun tweeted something out today about Justin Jefferson and Quasey. I actually agree. With, I can't believe I agreed with Luke. I'm like, Luke with a, with a normal, non-aggressive, passive-aggressive tweet. It was a little passive-aggressive. But oh yeah, I'm subtweeting several people. <laughs> what what was the? What was what the was I don't it? want to follow. What what people think <laughs> Justin Jefferson wants out, which is insane. Who that? You, what? There have been articles written, like full no. on. And it says like his tweet says like, like Justin, do you want to be here? He says yes. It says Quasi, do you want Justin to be here? He says yes. And then he says, oh yeah, people yeah. on Twitter, Justin Jefferson wants to leave. I'm like, yeah. I actually, actually agree with Luke. Look, look at Luke in the off season. People, people he's got grow, a lot he's growing of the heart. His heart is growing two sizes bigger. <laughs> I'm really glad. Nerdy stat of the day. It started You'll the season it, off right? when his heart was two sizes too small, and now look at it. Oh, this is heartwarming. Look They're becoming him. friends, guys, in front I'm of our eyes. I don't Based like. Based on it. our conversation earlier, I'm actually Peter Bukowski scared. can make anybody be friends. Like there you go. <laughs> you just need to all together. Which uh, again, as a valued <laughs> member of the Lockdown Network, this is a compliment we're giving Peter. He really knows how to bring a lot of people together. We're like it's yeah. like the Avengers and Thanos. Like, <laughs> but I'm not gonna give him Thanos because he's not that powerful. He's like the dude. Uh, he's like the dude in Thanos in the movie 
remember Thanos' guy that uh, they blew up the opening of the hole and then he went out into space and turned in like he couldn't breathe in yeah. space. So he like died. The, that dude, the magical dude. that The henchman. Like, yeah, they like make stuff move with his hand and he's chasing Doctor Strange and he's, you know, through this, he like makes stuff float. That guy, like that's Peter Bukowski. He's he's like Thor, uh, Thanos' right hand, but he's going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> Sam, what's your take on that? Hand, but he's going to die. That's going on Twitter too. Thanks a lot, Ron. Good stuff. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate Later. you. Um, nope. Yeah. Great stuff from Ron Johnson, as always. Uh, how about our nerdy stat of the day that we tease? Let's run that back. Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. Ron, it sounded like you had a doozy. Let's hear it. I just had one I think Ron will like. Uh, Kirk Cousins, EPA per play under pressure, ended up eighth in the league. That's a big deal for for Kirk Cousins and how he's perceived and struggling under pressure and all that. Ace best EPA per play under pressure. Kirk likes the blitz, doesn't he? Is that a thing? It was kind of a thing all year that I mean, historically, like, they got killed been... early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think they... Turn that around a little bit, and they yeah, no doubt. To make their blitz counters a little better. Yep, and that's a pretty large sample size too, because he got hit a ton. Arif, uh, yeah. So uh, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago, um, but the perfectly covered play statistic, I really oh, enjoy a lot. Um, it is a statistic that determines, uh, based off of essentially PFF and all twenty-two grading all the receivers. If every receiver has a neutral or positive grade on a play, or not a receiver, a cornerback or secondary or coverage player, it's a perfectly covered play. Uh, on average, uh, there's uh, about 35% of perfectly covered plays in the NFL. Um, and uh, the Vikings over the past three years have hit that average, about 35%. Um, the two best teams in the wild card round uh, had perfectly covered play rates of 55% or better. Incredible work. Uh, from the two of them, I believe it was the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, cool. Awesome. The Vikings were dead last in Wild Card Weekend, 20.8%. Yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah. That tape is so, a horror show. It's like... It's really yeah. it. It's and Kurt Warner apparently just published like a 40-minute video breaking down the film. I'm excited to watch it. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. So, be so it's basically the same length as his previous video on when he broke down the <laughs> final play. Yeah, that was exactly. so long. Uh, Luke Inman. Yeah, Vikings defense, they were second worst in yards after the catch given up as a defense in the league. So normally, team gives up a lot of yaks due to sloppy tackling efforts by the defense. Not the case. Vikings had the sixth fewest missed tackles in the NFL – these guys were so wide open when they caught the ball, though. Jesus. There was so much opportunity to run free after the catch before a defender was even in the air before being brought down. That was pretty wild. They were also third most in total air yards as well. Only the Lions and Titans gave up more air yards in the league. Last one, too. I, I, I saw this one. Luke brought this up. I think it was probably a month ago by now. Uh, Harrison Smith blitzes. He ended the year with just nine blitzes from the safety position. I believe that was the lowest in his career in the Zimmer era. Uh, Cam Bynum, just one safety blitz all season. Dang. Mm. Underutilized. The Vikings defense. Um, 
keep this in mind for perspective. The worst defense in the NFL yards-wise, the Detroit Lions, gave up 392 yards per game. So that's the worst defense in the league. In seven of the final 10 efforts, the Vikings defense gave up more than 400. Not bad. What what more do you need to say? Hmm. It's bad. It's a bad unit. Bad unit. Um, Here's the deal. First of all, before we get into our next betting contest, Luke Inman, what is the status of the punishment video? The masses are clamoring. Yep. Uh, Monday, when we're all back together, reunited, Monday we'll, we will uh, premiere Sam's Combine video. Uh, it's about halfway done through editing. I'm not going to give away any teasers or anything like that today. No trailer for this one, but it's going to be a good one. You, you don't want to miss next Monday. I do want to miss next Monday. Can I skip it? <laughs> Can I not be here? How's your shin, Sam? Yeah, I left literal blood, sweat, and tears out on the field. Um, I've got about 18 little micro cuts on my my ankle from the layer of ice that I had to, to run through. Poured it out. I left it all out there. And uh, I think I'm better for it. I think I'm a stronger man. Hey, you picked the spot. I have no one to sure. blame but myself. No I picked excuses. my attire. So Was I accept an unfortunate, unfortunate weather with the snow that had kind of packed down and melted a little bit, then frozen back over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot yeah. of ice. Mm-hmm. A lot of ice. It could have been my face. I did not face plant at all. Um, and that's good. <laughs> what? Oh, we have that too. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, don't want to give too much away, but that, that'll be fun. All right, so the new deal, we're going to make a $500 parlay each of the next three weeks through the playoffs. It can be low risk. It can be high risk, high reward, whatever you want. It just has to be a $500 parlay. Uh, who wants to start? Who's got their parlay ready? I don't. I All got right. it. Go. Uh, I'm going with Buffalo's total points. Over 26 and a half. That's one that you can do at bet online instead of betting on like the whole spread. Just Buffalo over 26 and a half. Um, I still believe in that offense. And I believe that that team, I, I just believe in the Bills this playoffs. I think they're, they've got something special about them and they've had it all year. Uh, and I'm going to parlay that with Christian Kirk under five and a half receptions. That parlay is plus 245 at bet online. Um, the, Chiefs like to live in a too high structure, and when that happens, the Jags tend to go away from Christian Kirk. Cool. All right, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions. That's that. <clears throat> that's at minus one thirty six, and then I'm going to combine that with Dak Prescott over under. I'm going to take the over point five interceptions in San Francisco at minus one forty eight plus one ninety two. Uh, I'm going to take just a normal spread, Philadelphia minus eight. Uh, Just kind of love that matchup. And it's going to be a same game parlay, which I know some services offer uh, like some sort of special bonus for those. Um, Not doing that. Uh, We're doing a Devonta Smith over 67 receiving yards, or at least 67. So I guess over 66 and a half. Um, Combined, that is plus 227. I missed the first part. What was the first part? Philadelphia Eagles minus eight. Minus eight. Eagles minus eight. And what were the final odds? Uh, plus 227. 
Thank you. All right. Um, I'm going former Vikings touchdown parlay. Diggs and McKinnon are both going to score touchdowns, but here's the kicker. Stefan Diggs is going to score two touchdowns. Oh, Wow. We're going hot. This has got to be like plus 1300 or something. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Plus 975, yeah. y'all. Let's Diggs go. Two <laughs> scores. McKinnon, one. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. I'll, I'll rip mine out. Kind of easy one. Brett Maher, what are we doing, bro? Four oh, straight. Yes, God. In, four in a row, like in a row, four of them. Vikings fans know this feeling better than anyone and want to know why we still allow soccer style kickers to come determine the outcome of these gladiator ultimate warrior games. The best athletes in the world pitting up against one another, giving blood, sweat, and tears. And the winner and loser is still decided by a soccer player and the worst athlete on the field to kick an oblong ball. It's just wild, guys. Like, get rid of kicking. I think if they got rid of kicking, the Vikings would be considered one of the best franchises in the NFL. Absolutely I'm not. Convinced. They would find a new way to screw it all, all up, yep. especially on a routine-type play, for sure. Okay. Uh, my party foul, uh, in the spirit of mailing things in at the end of this episode, my party foul is on Caitlin Thielen for – Assuming that the social media stuff wouldn't get back to her and just like <laughs> talking about Adam Thielen, like leaving and stuff like that without really having an understanding of that getting out. Um, that's kind of silly. Not going to talk about any of the other Caitlin Thielen stuff that's come out. Just that. <laughs> you think that it's unintentional? I think yeah. it's very intentional. No, I think it's unintentional. Like, because, He's... because she like, closed her twitter account and stuff like she did not expect it the way she acted made it seem like she did not expect people to respond and like catch it in public if you're right that's mind-blowing with as active as she is and how right. people constantly aggregate her content
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.